When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. It is just going to be Jeff and I, and this is going to be an episode that might be, I don't know, maybe a little bit tough for us. Uh, might not, but hopefully we can um, share some stories that can help some people out there. But we're going to talk about what happens if hockey stops being fun for you. Like what happens when you're in a slump? What happens when kind of the joy of the game gets uh, eliminated from your your psyche? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. This Vex, this is his topic that he brought up. So I'm sure you have some ideas and, and I do too. But uh, before we do get to this conversation, let's introduce the talent of the podcast, the man, the myth, the legend, Jeffrey Lavecchio. Vex, what's up today, my man? Why did you laugh during your intro today? What happened? I laughed during the intro because, Jeffrey, you, as I was going through my intro, texted me, that's what she said. <laughs> and so, Does it pop up on your computer? No, it doesn't. But I, for what, I don't even know why. Maybe because I was like reading what you texted me, what we were going to talk about today. So I had my phone out. And all of a sudden I look over because I got a text that says, that's what she said, which for those of you that know me, I say that probably twice a day, three times a day, <laughs> my favorite joke in the world. And so, uh, yeah, got a little chuckle out of me for that. I say it to everything, especially when it doesn't make sense. That's definitely when I say it. If you guys aren't the office fans, I just don't want to know you. I mean, if I was going to watch any TV show just randomly, it would definitely be the office. But, um, um, I just like to make him tough laugh and making him uncomfortable. So I'm glad I got to do that. Hopefully you guys. And for uh, those of you listening, he, he kind of tries to do that pretty much every intro <laughs> that we do. And I usually am able to get through it, but that's what she said is, uh, that's your weak point. That's my right jam. There. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah, man. Office. I'm, I'm having a good day. Had, uh, are you, had, are good, you had some good. Yeah. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing, baby. Yeah. I'm always buzzing. Had, uh, had good, uh, advising call, uh, right before this with a player out in South Carolina. I know you guys are listening. What's up? Um, second, second time I've had a call with him and his family. So that was cool. And I did a bunch last week. So really, really enjoying doing those and uh, being able to help people like with their specific things that are going on. It's usually hockey people, but not always. So that's been fun. Um, and, uh, and yeah, man, I'm just excited for this podcast. Cause when we were talking earlier today, you're like, what are we going to talk about tonight? And, uh, we've covered so many topics on this podcast, like so many topics. And one of them that I hear from a lot of guys, and it's usually guys in slumps, um, 
but not always. It's sometimes, it's, you know, there's different reasons. It's, you know, I'm just not having fun playing hockey anymore, you know? And so I kind of want to talk about that one since it's something that we haven't really touched on, something we haven't talked about, but it's something I think that everyone goes through no matter at what level, um, no matter what level you play, you're, you're going to go through some of those times where it's not as fun as it used to be. And what do you do when you hit those times? You know, so I thought that'd be a good topic for us to talk about here tonight. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, well, we'll get to it, but I just want to say to start, like, it's normal. <laughs> yeah, totally normal. You know, like Vex and I love hockey more than probably 99.9% of the population. And I've been there. Um, Vex, I know you've been there. And so I think normalizing it maybe first could be okay. And it's it's temporary if you choose to kind of make it temporary. <laughs> I mean, might be part of it but we can get into it before we do oh what do we got to do sponsors we got some people to thank dude what do we got, got who do we got to thank? thank we got jail sticks we want to thank jail sticks they've been with us for the longest time they were our first sponsor ever am i correct on that uh that is correct jeffrey that is correct so jail six g-e-l-s-t-x.com you can use that coupon code think tank one word think tank one word to save money on all your weighted training aid needs, as Tofa always says. They got golf clubs, they got lacrosse sticks, and they definitely got hockey sticks. And actually, a guy who had an advising call with last night who plays in the OHL just got his in. And in two weeks, so he has a rapid shot at his OHL rink um, where he plays. And in two weeks, he's already put three miles per hour on his shot. So that's pretty cool. Two weeks at, at uh, 19 years old. He's put three mile three miles per hour uh, on his shot with his gel stick. Maybe maybe even like nine days he's had it. So really cool. Uh, I use him in the gym all the time. C- coupon code think tank one word for gel sticks. Did you just before I get going here? Did you just like throw out nine days? Is that like just you went no, from two weeks he, to like nine days? Well, because I want to be honest. I want to be honest. Like it, it isn't a full know, two it weeks. It just seems so random. Well, like fourteen days. days or maybe like nine or yeah. Well, like I was thinking, 19, okay, what day know. did he text me? It wasn't on Christmas Day. He texted me right before Christmas Day that he got his jail ticket. <laughs> so I didn't want to lie and be like, okay, he's had it for two weeks. But I think I think it's been nine to ten days. So there we go. Anyways, also want to thank. I train heroic train heroic where I house all of my training. Uh, I train junior teams. I train college teams. I train individuals, people who just want to get in shape, moms, dads out there. You are the responsibility, all right? Or you got the responsibility to, to, to set the example for your kids. I was on a great podcast called the dad edge podcast. Tof, I don't know if you would love that podcast. Anybody out there looking for another podcast uh, to listen to the Dad Edge podcast? Really, really good podcast with a guy named Larry here from St. Louis. He does all this business stuff with it as well. And he said something when we were going through like why I am the way I am because of seeing my dad grind to being an entrepreneur and all this stuff. He said something that that I you know I love like little phrases. He said, "Yeah, the best lessons and the the, the ones that kids learn that stick with them the most are caught, not taught." I just thought that was really good. I like, you know, caught, not taught. Like, so I feel like we've talked about that before. We might, we might have. So what I'm getting at there is caught, not taught, you know, teach, teach your kids that you're taking care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally. Train with me online is what I'm getting at. Train. (laughs) That's where it's at. That's the platform it's on. (laughs) Links in the bio on my old IG blue check mark, hot guy, missing tooth. Train with me online, uh, whether you're a hockey player or your parent, you just want to get diesel. Thank you to train heroic. Also want to thank 
Cured Nutrition, a CBD company that I'm an athlete with, been with them probably nine, 10 months now. Absolutely love their stuff and really cool. I had three people today send me that that they bought it and they're trying it out. Um, I use two different ones. I use the uh, broad spectrum and I also use the raw CBN, which helps me sleep. So if anybody's looking for CBD out there, you can always DM me, text me, fax me, pigeon me, whatever it is. And uh, I'll help you out with that. But the code with cured nutrition is GMBM. Duh. There you go. And thank you to icehockeysystems.com, the best site out there for all your coaching education needs. I'm actually going to see these guys, Scott and Chris. Awesome, awesome dudes are coming out to the Michigan area next week. Sup, Scott? Sup, Chris? (laughs) Wait, you know what's kind of funny? That's my name. Dude, that is your name. I was just thinking that's weird. Kind of weird. Um, For those of you that don't know, my name is Topher, Chris Topher. Uh, Christopher Scott is my name and I just go by Topher long story of why, uh, maybe we can get to that on a different podcast. Absolutely crazy story though. Vex, have I ever told you that story? No, I've never told you why I'm called Topher. So we did this, maybe I'll just tell it right now. So sure I've heard it, but I don't remember. You would remember this for sure. So I was telling some people from our side of the family, this over Christmas and they didn't know. And I was like, what? You don't know why I'm called Topher. So anyway, so, uh, my dad, your mom's side of the family, the Scott side of the family, uh, Irish Catholic, kind not really Catholic, but I mean, maybe like in not in practice, but that's kind of what they had been <laughs> previously. Um, and then my mom's side is uh, descendants from Europe um, and are Jewish. So my great grandma, my grandma Dorothy, uh, she grew up in Russia at a time where it was not good to be Jewish in Russia. Right. And so um, Jews were being persecuted over there and she was uh, living in poverty, living in tents in one of those tent communities kind of things. And the story has been passed down to me. But so she uh, and her family, some Russian soldiers came in and like round everybody up in her family and put them on a firing line. Like, you know, those firing lines. Yeah. Legit put them on a firing line. Um, And for whatever reason, like it was her family and I think a couple others, um, there were two soldiers and one of the soldiers, I don't know if he was a spy or like he just had a change of heart or whatever, but instead of shooting like her and her family, he like turned around and shot the other soldier and helped those families immigrate to America. What? Yeah, no joke. Like they need to make a movie about this. So it so that so okay. So my great grandma Dorothy, she ended up um, you know, taking a boat over to America, ended up in Chicago, met my great grandfather, um, had my grandma, grandma had my mom, mom had me. And then um when I was born, so our side of the family, my dad, he always wanted to name his first son Christopher Ryan Scott. Like that was like the name he had, you know, how sometimes people have names picked out for years or whatever. Like this is what my first son or this is what my first daughter is going to be. So his, his like dream was like, okay, my first son is going to be Christopher Ryan Scott. So my first son's name will be Joe middle name, mama. <laughs> Joe mama Lavecchio. <laughs> um, so anyway, so out, I came. It was a warm summer night, July 23rd, 1985. And, um, so they named me Christopher Ryan Scott. So my great grandma, Dorothy, um, who was like a pistol. So I think she passed away when I was like seven or eight years old. So I actually knew her a little bit and I have memories of her. 
but she was livid, absolutely livid because of what she went through that her first great grandson had the name basically Christ in the name, like Christopher because of the persecution. And she didn't call me by my name. She called me the baby. Like I was the baby. Can I hold the baby? Not can I hold, you know, Chris or Christopher or whatever. She's like, let me hold the baby. So like my mom like adored my great grandmother and she was like, what do we do? I don't know. Like, I don't want to disrespect, you know, my, my grandma and whatever. And so they like compromised with Topher because it like doesn't, it's like more Jewish sounding of a name than than Christopher. That's a wild story. Isn't that nuts? So like, it's, it's funny because like, as far as religion goes, like our family is not, we always say like, if people ask me what religion you are, I say hockey. Like I've never really gone to church very much or temple or synagogue or whatever. Um, But just the, the story of, of how I got my name is pretty intense and it's just like weird, right? Like sometimes you talk about perspective. Like I was two seconds away from like never being here. Wow. I was, Butterfly you know, effect. Yeah. You know, like it's just things happen. And Gary Vee always says that like there's a one in a billionth chance that you're going to be born. Like at the right time, your parents had sex <laughs> um, and yeah, a certain did, sperm Jeff. went into a certain egg and, and just like the chances of that happening is like one and how like whatever and so just kind of like be grateful for the fact that you're even here and it's just kind of crazy perspective but yeah like it's just a wild story isn't it that is actually like that's that's really that's a cool story did not know that i definitely have not heard that i thought i didn't think so that's that's kind of a memorable one i feel like yeah but i didn't know like most of the people on our side of the family because at christmas time i was actually i told i think maybe it was grandma or grandpa i told them the story and they're like i've never heard that before i was like you gotta be kidding you've never heard that yeah wild right weird wow i don't know why i thought they were calling everybody called you tover but i don't know yeah that's cool man that is why my friend that is why love that glad you didn't quit that (laughs) i also glad you didn't quit hockey that's called a segue into today's episode okay i don't think i think that icehockeysystems.com that much but guys you hear it every episode it's the best like we use it here like i've used it so much like so many people talk to me about it too like and it's almost like the hockey think tank and ice hockey systems is synonymous because like we partnered with different things and we have a lot of videos up on their website and we love talking about it because it is such an amazing service and such an amazing website that can help you so much. And so, uh, yeah, just icehockeysystems.com. Going to see those guys. That's how we, I was thinking, I was like, how do we get to like telling that story about my name? But it was because Chris and Scott are coming to Michigan next weekend. Okay, there we go. Segway your hockey thing and let's get going. Boom. So, Toe, were there times in your career where <laughs> hockey wasn't fun for you? This is Jeff's notes. Jeff's, Jeff's looking at his quote-unquote notes right now. To, to her? Oh, that's the. It's, it's a big one. The. Anybody dumb and dumber? What's up? Um, yeah, man. But, I, yeah, I, I train a lot of junior players, a lot of first-year junior players, and for years I've trained a lot of first year junior players and a lot of them hit that, that, that skid, that hard time. And some of them come and ah, just not having fun playing high. I don't even like going to the rink anymore, you know? And, and there was a period, especially in juniors where that happened to me as well. So I was just like, 
let's help people. Let's talk about this. Cause it happens, you know, and it happens to people at all different levels. When I was coaching, it happened to guy midgets, 18s, 16s, juniors. I know NHL guys who sometimes are like, I fucking hate hockey, you know? So, uh, did you have that happen in your career? Yeah, absolutely. I had that happen. I mean, multiple times. Multiple I, I think, times. I mean, I think for, for a lot of people, a lot of, I mean, it's, there's degrees to it, right? Like there's like, oh, I'm just not kind of having fun right now. Or it's like, I'm really depressed and I really don't like it right now, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so I would say like probably a lot of people that play high level hockey go through that once or twice a year. Um, especially like pro hockey, 82 games, all the travel, the grind, like, oh my God, like it's an app. It's not easy. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And there's time where the grind and the monotony can really get to you. And so, yeah, I, I would say for sure. I have to different degrees. I think maybe one or two times in my career where I like legitimately did not like hockey and was like, I don't, what am I doing? Why am I playing this sport? Um, but certainly like every year there's, there's a time where it's like, man, like I just, I'm just not playing well. I'm just not having fun. Like I got to get out of this little funk what's going on. And, and so I think there's varying degrees to it. Would you agree? Oh, dude, totally. And, and I like that you said the varying degrees. And so if you were going to reflect upon the lower degrees, like if we were going to put it on a scale, like anything below a five, you know, 10 being like, Oh my God, I'm going to quit tomorrow. Um, <laughs> anything below a five were those when you were or were those when you weren't playing well? Was yes, that one hundred percent? It's almost always Is correlated. It, I, right? I mean, like I would say, probably ninety-five percent of the time that people are not having fun is when they're not playing well or they're not being played and they're kind of sitting on the bench or whatever. Right. And so, um, and I, I think it's interesting that you talk a lot about junior hockey when you talk to junior hockey players, because I think when you were saying that something kind of clicked in me and when you get to the higher ranks, like you get to the higher rank because you are a good player because you deserved it. You made a team, you got scouted, whatever it may be. Um, and a lot of times people start to not have fun when they're not having the success or they're not the best player anymore. We are mm. all approval junkies. People are approval junkies. People are, um, always comparing themselves to other people. And when you're the top dog, that's fun to compare yourself to others. Mm. When you're not, that can be very, very, very stressful. So I think that like, as you move up, you have to understand that like, there are players aside from Connor McDavid right now, <laughs> everybody has somebody that they're not as good as. And if you try to compare yourself to those people, that can lead to a lot of stress and that can lead to a lot of like not fun. You know what I mean? I just, as you were saying that and talking about junior hockey, because junior hockey for a lot of kids that have aspirations and are pretty good, it, it might be the first time where you're not the best player on your team. It might be the first time where you're not playing on the power play. It might be the first time where, you know, your coach isn't letting you do whatever you want to do and you're being coached really, really hard. And so, um, yeah, it's just, I think that that's a, a unique level. And I think that's kind of trickling as hockey's gotten more serious, younger and younger and younger. Mm. I think that's kind of midget hockey now. I think there's yeah. a lot of that in midget hockey too, uh, which is really, really unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I just, that that comparison and that moving up to levels and not being the top dog, I think is is a, a big time 
you know, effect of, of that, if that makes any sense. Dude, totally. And, and you go from big fish and small pond to small fish and big pond at every level you go up higher, you know? And so yeah. it's, for me, it always seems like, uh, when you have these feelings, like it's a mixture of low confidence, you know, maybe not meeting expectations, maybe coaches on you, uh, you're not, you're not getting numbers or you're not playing well. So it's like a kind of a, a mixture of all these things. And like, you know, this, you just saying that also like sparked something in, in my head from a conversation I had last night with a, a major junior player and talk, you know, he's a guy who has to work for everything. Like he's not the most innately skilled guy. Um, and he was telling me about, you know, I'm asking about his team and the dynamic and, you know, he, he does my online training, you know, while he's playing in season, he does it. Um, and I'm asking him like, are other guys working out? And he was telling me about like, you know, some studs on his team who are probably going to get drafted in the NHL this year. And I was, you know, so some of those guys like aren't working out, like they're just too good. And I was like, hey, you know, that's also a recipe, like for you guys listening now, or, or your parents or coaches listening, like, if you really want to keep moving up, don't get satisfied with how good you are at the level you're at now because the next level you're not going to be at that same 99.999 percent of guys don't keep going up levels and they're just the same player doing the same things so like don't don't get don't rest on your laurels or whatever that saying is i don't even know what a laurel is but like don't don't like just get comfortable like keep keep striving it's an old wooden there. ship diversity an old wooden <laughs> ship um anyways name that movie in the comments below um what this is this is a podcast this isn't instagram uh you know what i'm saying though um <laughs> you made me lose my thought i just started thinking of movie quotes and then oh, i'm just sorry. like quote, 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 on quote. It, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no but um you know so like the other the other part of that too is like always proactively be be working for what's coming like if you score 100 points in 12 games and midgets awesome but like you're probably not going to do that next year so like make sure you're working out make sure you're doing all these things um but to get back to the 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 guys the who are who are <laughs> the laurels to get back to the guys who are who are not having fun for me personally when i got older like number one i would make myself have fun in practice like I would make, I would force myself to have fun. I would, rem, I would go to the rink and, you know, Tof and I talk about perspective literally every episode, but it is so effing important. And I would go into the rink on those days where I was slumping or not confident, not happy, you know, like don't want to be there. And I would just like remind myself, dude, I'm at the rink playing hockey right now, you know, and for a lot of my career, I was getting paid. So like, you know, that's pretty dope the last 10 years when I was a pro. So it's easier to be like, I'm getting paid to be here and I'm hanging out with my friends and I just got to go work out and get a sweat in on the ice, you know? So just getting back to like having fun is, is massively important to get you out of those ruts, you know, and there's more that goes into it, but I think that's, a big one and reminding yourself, Hey, I'm playing hockey. Like this is a good day. I could be getting shot at in Russia or Ukraine or Afghanistan or wherever the hell, you know, shit's going down in the world. So perspective always helped me kind of get out of my own head too. Yeah. Perspective's big. Perspective's big. It's why we, you're right. We think we do talk about it every podcast. It's everything though. <laughs> it's everything. Yeah. You know, so if you're going to give specific examples, do you remember specific examples where you were, I, when you I were, do. what level? 
Yeah, for sure I do. But I want to go back to something that you talked about, and it's a word that I think probably has a lot to do with what we're talking about right now, and that's expectations. Mm. Expectations is a could be a blessing and a curse, <laughs> I think. And I, I think setting the right expectations for things is um it, it can be really important. You know, you don't want to set your expectations too low, but you can, you don't want to set your expectations too high too. I'd rather err on the higher side. <laughs> and you'd rather have other people set higher expectations for you um than even maybe you do for yourself, just so they push you when you're talking about coaching or parenting or or whatever it may be. Um, but just expectations, what, like, what are your, like, when you talk about that and when you said that, like, what do you think about expectations as it relates to what we're talking about and having fun and playing hockey? Well, usually for me, my expectations were always higher, I think for myself than coaches or anyone, anyone in the stands had for me, you know, I don't know. I always felt like I, I put a little bit more on myself um, because I believed that I could do more and, and, and you know, that, more. yeah, you had to, I had to give more to do more and be more. So I, I think a lot of that was, um, facilitated by myself. Uh, but there's so many like different, different, like factors that go into all of these things, you know, there's so many roads that lead yeah, into I mean, all these I, feelings. Yeah. Like I think expectations, like if you, if you set them too high, understand that sometimes you're not going to get there. It's like, I love the saying, like shoot for the moon and you'll end up along the stars. You know, you yeah. might not get to the moon, but you'll, you'll end up in a pretty cool place. And that's like our entire careers. You know, yeah. both of us had dreams of playing in the NHL and, and we had a work ethic and a drive to, to get there. You got really, really stinking close. Uh, me, not so much. But like still relatively because I had those high expectations, I was able to play division one college hockey and be a captain and score a hundred points and play pro hockey, even though it was a lower level, like it's for somebody that's five foot four, it's a pretty good, you know, a a pretty good achievement. Um, Now with that, having those high expectations, not getting those expectations caused a lot of stress and anxiety. I knew what I can do. Why is it like, like, for example, like you talk about, okay, here I am. I'm at Cornell. I'm in my senior year, second year as a captain, get a hundred points, you know, like feel like I had a really good career. And my expectation was to play in the NHL. Like I didn't care. Like I didn't care that I was five foot four. And it was so unbelievably humbling and reality setting when after my season, I didn't even get offered an AHL contract, let alone an NHL contract. I had zero agents reaching out to me that wanted to work with me. And here I am sitting on cloud nine, like, man, like I, I'm, I think I set myself up for, you know, something pretty cool here. Expectation. My expectation was to, to, you know, maybe not get an NHL contract, but an AHL contract and I can work my way up, you know, teammates of mine and people that I played against were getting these contracts and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm just as good as these guys, even better. So like, and, and it just, it, it didn't come. And, and, and like, that's that you talk about not having any fun, like try sitting there looking at your phone, waiting for it to ring. <laughs> and it doesn't Yeah, and been there too. Like that is a lonely, lonely, lonely feeling. And so I, I think just having an understanding that 
when you do set high expectations, that's a good thing, but there's going to be road bumps and roadblocks and twists and turns along the way. And, and that is part of your journey. And it's always going to be a part of your journey. It was a part of Connor McDavid's journey. It was a part of Alex Ovechkin's journey. It was a part of Sidney Crosby's journey. Like um, those, those roadblocks, but set those expectations high, but understand that there are going to be times that it might not be fun because you're not going to get the results that you want either right away or at all in my case of what we're talking about. Um, But you learn from it and you get to, you get to cool places because of it. I don't know if I, I feel like, I don't know. And do you, did you, when, when things like that happen, you'd maybe you don't reach your expectation. Do you immediately, maybe not immediately, because there's going to be like that period where you have to think about things, but would you, would you reassess and then reevaluate and then create new goals, new expectations from there? And is that how you kind of would get back on the horse? For sure. I mean, absolutely. You have to, you have to always be reassessing where you're at. Um, and and at those times where and and, and I think the 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 real like um, kicker to it is that you shouldn't just be doing that when things are going bad. You should also be doing that when things are going well, you know, because that doesn't last forever. <laughs> and you're going to go up, you're going to go down, then you're going to go up, then you're going to go down. And and when you do that and you reassess and you set goals and things like that, it I think it makes the highs obviously high, but when you go lower, like it, it's not as low. You can dip out of that low a lot quicker and it's not as severe when you're doing those things, especially when you're reassessing at those higher points in your career or in your life. Right. And so, yeah, I I think that's a big part of it. And when it's actually, I think I've talked about this, like, it's like the biggest regret of my life probably is when that happened. So I ended up signing a, a coast deal and finished the end of the year had a really did a really good job like and then um signed a coast deal with that same team the next year and then i was cut in training camp and like here i am i'm like oh my god i <laughs> 100 points in college couldn't find an ahl contract couldn't find an ahl contract getting cut from the coast you know and then i'm sitting here and you talk about having to reassess and reevaluate your life you know i i was thinking about 5 10 year hockey career and eventually making my way to the nhl and now i'm getting cut from the third league from that rung <laughs> you know and um and so my one of my greatest regrets is i had i had the chance to go to another east coast league team which still has affiliations with the ahl and 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 then the nhl in in wheeling or I had the chance to go play in the Central Hockey League where there's not as much player involved or not player movement up and down and things like that. And so like I got cut from the East Coast League team because I had a one-way coast contract. And when all the AHL guys, you know, started getting called down and called down, my ice time kept going down and down and down. And uh and and I didn't end up playing well enough for them to want to keep me through all of those circumstances and situations. And so I was like, I you know what, I just don't want to deal with that. I just want to go it's what we get to I just want to go and have fun and play hockey and not have to worry about that stuff. And it's one of the biggest regrets I have because I I quit. I basically quit my dream. You know, and and I think it was for good intentions. Like I just wanted to have fun again playing the game that I loved. Um, but I also gave something up and I didn't realize that at the time. It's sometimes you learn those lessons five, 10, 15 years later. Um, but I did not reassess and reevaluate 
correctly <laughs> sitting here now, you know, I, I, my whole life was centered around making the NHL. And because I had a tough three months, I was like, you know what, I'm going to just reevaluate this and I want to get back to having fun again, playing hockey. But I have fun by chasing something. I have fun right. by being challenged. I have fun by having a dream and people telling me no and and you know people people telling me I can't do it and then you know doing it and shoving it up their ass. And so yeah, I just for sure reassess and reevaluate things at, at the good and the bad, but make sure you're doing it honestly and make sure you're doing it um you know in a way that is is true to you because I I don't think I did at that time. Yeah. And I'd like to, you know, interject there with something that I think is really important that you just said a lesson that we can all learn from that is we, like Tove said, and I've said already, we're all, you're all going to go. We all are going to go through those times where maybe you don't want to be at the rink. You know, they're few and far between obviously, but they do happen and they do take some guys, some guys do wind up quitting and then regretting it. Right. But what I want to say is don't make that decision when you're in this negative headspace, when you're down, <laughs> because I've seen it happen to guys throughout my years, you know, juniors, college pro, I saw it happen to guys and man, I, I'm thinking about all the guys that quit teams that I was on. I think there might've been one guy from juniors, college pro. So that's 10 years pro, not a big deal. Three years college <laughs> and three years junior. So that's 16 years. I think there was one guy out of all the guys that I quit that uh that was happy with his decision and like didn't try and come back months a year years later um so you know when don't make that decision when you're down find a way to get back on the horse before you evaluate should i keep playing and stuff like that do you think that's fair i do i, I would say that you know, and I, I don't like the word quitting. I know I use the word yeah, quitting with yeah, myself. It's not the right, right word. It was just right. like doing something different rather right. than, than quitting. Right. Um. Some people, I don't think like, yeah, for some people like me and you, but for other people, um, they just, they just fall out of love with it and they, or maybe they find something that they enjoy more, or maybe it's, you know, time to be with their family more. Maybe they're a little bit older. Like, I, I don't think that it's the wrong decision to leave the game when you're ready. Uh, I would say that maybe some of those people weren't ready to leave it yet. Um, you know, I wasn't ready to stop chasing my dream when, when I did. Right. Um, and so I, I think it might be just like a case, not a case, Yeah. Like a case by case scenario based on a lot of different things. But like when some people, let's say they call it quit or retire or whatever, move on. Sometimes that's a, and a lot of times it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're a little, I bit, know what you're saying though. Yeah. I think I they're a little exactly bit different circumstances, but everything has nuance. And this is only an hour long podcast. Um, let me ask you this. <laughs> how many guys did you play with that quit, uh, quit, whatever, stop playing because of a girl. You have a because couple of, of those. Do you have any of those in your career? Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Oh yeah. For sure. But I, I mean, I'm talking a little bit younger, not okay, like yeah, like some of them are where, married. And yeah, so I'm not. Kidding. I'm not. I, I'm talking about younger, <laughs> younger players. Younger players. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I think there's I definitely with a couple. Guys, I for sure, with a couple. So, I, and uh, I would imagine, I would actually imagine that it's very similar the other way too. How many girls stop playing hockey once they were done with college? Maybe they wanted to play pro. 
um, or maybe even high school going into college, even for a boy, you know, I can see yeah. that going the same way too. Right. Right. And so I'm getting into that. Cause I'll give you guys a story. The, the number one time, it was the only time that in my career where I was really like really contemplating stopping playing. It was my first year of juniors. You guys who listen to the podcast often, I'm sure you remember, I, I tore my groin off the bone from a hit my first year of juniors. That's what sparked my love for training. And that's what changed my whole career. It was the best, one of the best things in my hockey career that ever happened to me was getting hurt and missing the second half of my first year of juniors. Um, but I remember sitting there, I was down, you know, I, I went from making Team USA over the summer, playing overseas with Team USA to coming to Omaha and and good? yeah is that good and being brutal like i just wasn't ready to play i wasn't in the right headspace i lost my confidence i had a coach who would just crap down my throat all the time sometimes for for it was warranted <laughs> um and uh i wanted to quit and i remember literally I, my first year i lived in this little tiny room at uh, great billet's house and um i was sitting in my little tiny room and I was sitting out halfway on the bed. I remember exactly where it was. And I called my mom and dad and I said, you know what? I think uh, I'm just not having fun. I, I hate hockey, uh, you know, whatever. And I was crying and I was like, I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to be done. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go back to Chicago and hang out with my high school girlfriend. Because <laughs> the year before I lived with Tof actually on the podcast, Christopher Topher. We heard that whole story. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, my mom and dad were like, well, if you want to quit, that's your decision. We don't think you should, but if you're going to quit, it's not going to be because of a girl and you're not going to hang out with her. You'll be coming home. And like, I just remember it snapping me out of it, like right away. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, I'll just, I'll fight through it. I'll keep working. That was the only time that I was ever like prematurely thinking about quitting. And it was kind of because of a girl ish, you know, like that, that I was just like, ah, oh, because I wasn't confident because I wasn't having fun because I was down, you know, and, and then you're missing your girl from a different city. You know, I kind of had like that thought process and thank God my parents were like, shut up, you know, because I know too many players who get, get into that whole thing. And 99% of them don't end up with that girl from high school. So <laughs> something to think about there, mom, dad, coaches, players listening. <laughs> that's funny i didn't know that yeah yeah it's the only time in my career i literally remember the conversation vividly vividly also like the doctors misdiagnosed my injury twice over the course of the first month of being injured so that you know the team was being cheap didn't get me an mri which i know now because of you know my skill set now and knowing what i know now um but uh and i got misdiagnosed twice and it, nothing was getting better and blah 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 it was kind of a sh you know a shit storm but uh yeah you know and i i know i know quite a few players who who have stopped playing because they chased a girl to call a different school or something and they didn't want to go play juniors and literally all those guys are kicking themselves in the nuts right now so <laughs> also that's just something i did want to throw out there yeah i could tell yeah well you know i'm sure you worked with a lot of younger players and and you know college guys and guys coming out of juniors going into colleges you probably saw a bit of that too yeah i mean you you know what you see it especially at the you know at the older levels i'm talking pro hockey i'm talking college hockey junior hockey uh mostly college and and pro for like the guys that play college and major junior and, and pro but like there's there's always that 
person or two that, you know, they're hanging out with the players all the time and they're always around and whatever. And then all of a sudden they get a girlfriend or they get a boyfriend and all of a sudden they don't see that person that much anymore. And, and so, but that's like a big deal because like, if you want to be a close team, like you have to be around, you have to be around the guys, you have to be around the girls. Like it's just, it's necessary for team camaraderie, team culture, all that kind of stuff. Like a team that's united away from the rink is a team that's united at the rink. And, um, it's just a cautionary tale for, for people. Um, and it usually comes out like in end of the year meetings and stuff when you're going through like as a coach, Hey, so how's everything going? Like culture, blah, 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 blah. Who's anybody have any issues? Like everything. Okay. Didn't see Smitty the whole second half because he was hanging out with Laura. (laughs) Exactly. Like, yeah, like you, yeah, you just didn't see much of him. You know, he's always with his girlfriend and and that happens. I mean, a lot of times in in college, if it's that person, you're going to end up marrying that person. Um, But at the end of the day, like you have to be a part of it, you know, and that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, I want to introduce you to a new company called NordVPN that allows you to watch things from all over the world and also has an unbelievable security feature for you too. If you're bored of US Netflix, why not take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. There's no need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN can also bring it right to you. With over 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using our show's link at nordvpn.com slash think tank, you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. NordVPN also has unbelievable security features that can help protect you, and they've doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there is literally no risk to you with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like, great. If not, they'll issue you a refund and you can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again at nordvpn.com slash think tank to get your subscription started today. Again, that's nordvpn.com slash think tank. What's your, yeah. what's your biggest piece of advice for somebody that you feel like is not having fun? And let's, let's go back to like, you're under the five scale like under the five yeah under not five like, so like you know you're not playing well maybe you're not playing as much as you you'd like you know you're still in love with hockey but you're just not liking it it's like i love you but i don't have to like you right now <laughs> oh god i got that one a lot in my mind growing up. that one always oh dagger right in the back yeah. um i think if you're below five there and it's 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 more um situational it's probably you're not playing well or you think coach doesn't like you which we visited that topic on a recent podcast so uh, you said before out. you said before like you made yourself have fun at the rink yeah so like, like I, I i have two two like different things that i would do when i was kind of in these like little mini slumps if you want to call them that you know not having fun coming to the rink stuff like that number one first i would always try and dial in harder because usually if I'm not having fun, it was because I wasn't having the success that I knew that I could have, which then made, you know, then you lose confidence, you lose confidence, you don't have as fun. It's kind of like a, a, a downward spiral, right? And maybe sometimes this is just like over a week or two weeks or a month. Um, but usually what I would first do, my first instinct was always like tighten it up because 
when you go in that spiral and things aren't going well, sometimes you get away from the things that make you good. So like I would tighten it up. I would watch more video. I would, you know, talk to coaches more about what they're seeing out of me. I would give be the first one on the ice before practice. If I was like the second one, like, or the third or the fifth, like I'd go back to being the first, you know, I'd be the, I'd be the, the, the last one off. I'd be the first one in the gym. I'd be the last one. I would control everything I could possibly control every now and then, you know, that usually works. Uh, uh, and on top of that, in practice, I would sell every time I scored. Um, this is something I just wound up doing over the rest of the course of my career. But I learned that from getting in little mini slumps and like juniors. Um, and then I found like, dude, I freaking love scoring. And I don't care if it's in practice. I sellied like it was a goal in a game. One, because it kept me involved. It kept me having fun. It, I liked com- creating inner competition with my teammates. Cause then I knew if they were, you know, pissed off, I scored and I'm selling in their face, they're going to come at me harder, which means I got to be more ready. So like, it was kind of like me playing chess versus them playing checkers to make me do things that would piss them off to make me work harder. So I would do that uh, as well, make myself have fun doing that type of stuff. And if those two things combined didn't work, I had a plan B, which was completely throw out plan A. And just like relax and just like remember that I'm playing hockey and I could be doing anything else in the world. And I would, I would get rid of my whole routine. I would get rid of everything. And it would just be like, just go to the rink and have fun, Jeff. I don't care the, the what, if I get a point, I don't care about this, just go and don't think at all and just have fun. And like, so that was like my last, last ditch, you know, kind of effort type yeah. thing with this. Yeah. And usually that would then get me out of it. But that was like, after I get like down the, the rabbit hole of the other things not working, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's funny hearing you talk. And and when you asked the question earlier, like, I, I feel like my answer now, just having a little bit more time to think about it, look in the mirror, like look in the mirror. I feel like a lot of times when we fall out of love with it, or we're not doing well, we're, we're playing the blame game. You know, like oh, my yeah. coach doesn't like me. Yep. Um, yep. It's somebody else's fault that I'm not having fun. And so look in the mirror and and take your circumstances into, into your own hands. You know, I think that could be a, a big one and understand that, like, even though maybe your coach isn't playing you as much or whatever, that, that you're in control, man, you're in control of your attitude. You're in control of your effort. And the more you can take accountability and responsibility for where you're at, that could be, actually be a very freeing thing. I, I heard that on uh I can't remember. It was either Craig Ballantyne or it was Gary V, who are two people that I read or listen to all the time because they just make me better every day and give you perspective and kind of like ground you and center you back on what you believe in. Um, because I believe in a lot of very similar things to those guys. And and it was interesting. It was like imagine how powerful and how freeing it would be if you took responsibility for every single thing in your life. Everything is your fault. Everything that is good is your fault. Everything that is bad is your fault. Everything in your control is your fault. Everything out of your control is your fault. And when I say fault, I don't mean that in a negative sense. It's because of you, you know, and and one of the most powerful sayings in the world is it's not what happens to you that's important. It's the way that you choose to see what happens to you. So when you're not having fun, um, look in like, like, honestly, like look in the mirror and, 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 um, and the, the other thing is like, what's your why? Like you just kind of talked about it, but 
but you play hockey. You don't work hockey. Hockey's a game. Hockey's a game that is meant to be fun. Hockey is a game that you play. And I, I think just going back to your roots. And for me, like um, part of the reason why I love hockey is because I get the chance to compete. So you talk about like tangible things that you can do. And you've talked about this before. I know because you've done it is create competitions in practice with your teammates, have a score at the end. It can be a shooting drill. It can be an actual drill where there's a, a score and a, and a, you know, a, a can't a, like a small area game or something like that, but find ways to like create little competitions with your buddies. Um, whether it's on the ice in practice, or maybe it's like a, a, a weight room thing. You know, like, hey, let's see who can do the most push-ups today. <laughs> let's see who can get second place because Jeff's going to win first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but I always loved hockey because I got the chance to compete, you know, and, and I always wanted to win and that was fun. And so figure out what it is that's fun about the game that you like. Maybe, maybe it's not the competition. Maybe it's like the skill acquisition. You just really enjoy mastering a technique or mastering a skill. Okay. So maybe you like shooting and you you, like, you love scoring goals and you love to get your shot better. Well, just go shoot pucks. (laughs) Um, So focusing a little bit more on the process than the result and looking in the mirror. I think those are things that can help a lot of people. I know those, those kind of help me anyway. Take responsibility, man. Those, the, the, the creating competitions and stuff like that helped me massively. And it also helped me to never get in or, or to get into less funks. Cause I started doing that in juniors to get out of funks. And then I was like, wow, practice is way more fun when I do this, even if we're getting bagged and we only do like battle drills, like having a competition with another guy, like who's going to score more goals, get a free lunch after like, I was that found, makes a practice more fun. Yeah. I always found battle drills as like a consequence of not playing well. Interesting because like who doesn't love battle drills? Yeah. Yeah. I would much, well, it also depends on like, like the, the, uh, <laughs> if you lose this rep, you're going to have to skate nine times. Y- yeah. The back. <laughs> you know, or like we're, we're, we're going to battle until guys start fighting each other over and over and over. Yeah, for yeah, real, yeah. You know, oh, like that's that the old junior hockey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's old junior. They don't do that shit anymore at all. It's soft. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I like that. It's not like that anymore to, to somewhat degree, but yeah, it's, uh, I agree. I love battle drills, man. I would, I would, I love battle drill day. That was yeah. my favorite day. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So how about, um, how about like when you're above a seven or above an eight? So like, you're really teetering, like you like need to come to Jesus meeting. You need to come to Jesus with somebody yeah. to, to get you back on track. Like honestly, you, sports but, psychology, sports psychology. I started, I, I, I had a conversation in the gym two hours ago with a dad uh, whose daughters are in gymnastics. He used to play at Lindenwood. Uh, great guy, absolute monster in the gym. And we were talking about, you know, like he listens to the podcast and we were talking about, I wish, you know, he was saying what everybody says. I wish I would have known this back then. And I wish I would have done this and stuff like that. And his thing was, he was too hard on himself and he was a better practice player than a game player. And I was talking about the importance of sports psychology and, I think that if you get above a five, like I think everybody who's in junior hockey and above should speak to a sports psychologist or at the very, very least be reading a lot of sports psychologist work, whether that's you consuming it, I should say YouTube books on tape, reading books. 
it is so massively helpful. It is crazy how massively helpful it is. And Can I go a step go, further? Can I go yeah, a step further? Please. Um, like, and I just know from personal experience, and I'm sure you can say this too, from being so active on Instagram now, like there could follow the right people because there could be one person that like says something that resonates with where you're at right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it actually happened to me um, on the Peloton about a week ago where, mm-hmm. yeah, like going through some shit and like just needed to hear a certain message, you know, and I'm on the Peloton and good old Kendall tool. Uh, I can't even honestly remember what she said, but I like, I just started to tear up a little bit almost. And I was like, it just like resonates, you know? And so like, if you can, you talked about consuming, you know, consume the right people because you never know, like if they're spreading positive messages or giving perspective or whatever, like that's something that can kind of snap you back out of your funk pretty quick and, and put you in a different headspace or a different mindset. Yeah, I guess maybe, I mean, huge fan of sports psychologists and sports psychology like that. It's wild how we all go through the same things. We all feel the same things, even when we think nobody else is going through it or knows what we're talking and about. And it doesn't Other, even have to be sports. It can be right, your job could be, or could be, yeah, and yeah. like so but, many different things. But taking it a step further, even simplifying it, I guess, just talk to somebody who's been there. Like, I mean, like that's what I do with these with these advising slash mentoring calls. They're almost all players who are in a in a tough situation. And guess what? They're all situations I was in in my career. Every single call I've had, I've had probably like 50 of these advising calls in the last two years, maybe, maybe upwards of that. Every single call, there is not one situation that I didn't uh, um, have happen or occur or whatever to me personally in my hockey career. You know, so like whether that's an older brother who played sports or a coach or, you know, a parent or a guy on the team that's older than you, a friend, sports psychologist, whatever, like reach out to somebody because every, like all of our, almost all problems, like somebody else has been through it. Somebody else has overcome it. So what Tope is saying, if you're consuming the right, the right content, the right people, you're surrounding yourself whether that's on social media, in the real world, books you're reading, if you're putting those those correct pieces in front of you to consume, it's going to help you get through those tough times much easier, much faster, much more efficiently. So be mindful of that stuff and and focus on reaching out or consuming stuff that's going to help you. Yeah, and I think the reaching out for help part is is massive, especially like we're talking about a one to ten scale when you get really up there, eight nine. Well, now it's affecting your mental health a little bit, or a lot. Um, and and I've never been ashamed to share. I think more people should like I've been in therapy, and you talk about talking to somebody who like has been through it. I think there's also like a lot of value in talking to somebody who's a neutral party too, (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't have any skin in the game and you know, is not going to judge you. I think like for myself, like going to therapy at different times, like it was just so nice to vent to somebody who didn't have skin in the game and can help guide you to like figure out your own shit. Because a lot of times that's all it is. It's, it's you looking inward and you figuring out some of the stuff and it's almost like pointing the finger at yourself and looking in the mirror and figuring out why and okay now what can we do to kind of get better at that and god like I, every like honestly like everybody should be in therapy 
legitimately everybody should be in therapy. Like imagine having somebody to talk to. And, and, and a lot of time, like when you're feeling in those, those lows, it's really lonely. That's like probably one of the biggest byproducts of being in a funk and falling out of love with something, whether right. it's a person or a game or whatever. It's just a very, very lonely feeling. And there's probably not a worse feeling in the world than feeling alone. And there are so many people that feel alone that all they have to do, because all they have to do is reach out. They might not think that somebody wants to help or whatever, but like nine to 10 times out of 10, somebody's there to help you, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, whether it's um, like a licensed therapist or whatever, you know? And so I just, I don't know, man, like that's the stuff needs to be destigmatized and like going to therapy. Like you t I was listening to a podcast today of two really famous, unbelievable actors. And they talk to therapy, like it's the greatest thing in the world. And they're like, I go every week. And if I didn't, I'm like, I need to, <laughs> um, you know? So I, I think that that you talk about sports psychologists. I talk about just regular therapy. Like it, it could be so helpful to just give you what you need to maybe it's heal. Um, maybe you've been through some trauma, um, you know, whether it's just to give you a little bit of perspective, whether it's to just kind of connect the dots of why things are happening in your life, the way that they are. Um, I just think that neutral parties and people who have kind of been like licensed to do this, it's helped me a ton. It's helped other people that I know a ton. And, and I just, I don't know, I think people need to talk about it more because you shouldn't be ashamed to admit that you have problems. You shouldn't be ashamed to admit that maybe you have a mental illness. Like it's okay. Like we can admit it's almost like it's a badge of honor in hockey. If we break our nose, <laughs> you know, or we block a shot and break our ankle. Like it's a physical illness is a badge of honor. Why is mental illness a st is like a stigma? you know, because that's yeah. what really matters. So I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and talking to other people, like, you know, I literally, I just got off that advising call and, and like, okay, well that's happening. Like, so, so, and having somebody else be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not the end of the world. That's, that's, I did I, that, that happened to me and him and him and him and him and him. And him, and him. Like, this is good for you. This is good for you. You're going to find a way to get over this roadblock you're going to get over it and you're going to be way better. And just like having someone like talk you through that and you realize, Oh my God, like I'm making such a big deal out of this little problem, but like that's kind of going out of my head. Or it's like when we had the episode recently where we talked about like a lot of players, you, you had the, the exact example when you were coaching at Cornell, you were up till four in the morning, you got to the rink at seven, you're, you're running on fumes your, your eyelids are barely open and you walk right past the guy in the team. And he's thinking all week, Tope doesn't like me because he walked right past me. Coach doesn't like me. And you're like, dude, I was asleep. I don't even, I didn't even see you. Right. So he's creating all these problems in his head uh, that, that weren't even there. And I think a lot of, a lot of players do that as well. And by talking to other people, it can help you kind of get out of your own head as well. So I, I totally agree with Tosky on this one. Yeah. And, and I think just reaching out sometimes is the hardest part. You know, like reaching out, whether it's for help or just for new perspective or uh, it's the hardest part, but it's the part that when you do it more times than not, it, it like <laughs> your shoulders sink a little bit. <laughs> you can exhale a little bit because we, we don't reach out because we fear what other people are going to think. You know, we don't want people to think we have problems. We don't want people to think that we're weak. But at the end of the day, like reaching out is one of the strongest things that you can do. 
And I don't know if talking about this right now helps one person who's going through a struggle reach out to somebody. I think we've done our job for this podcast and we've potentially changed, you know, not, I don't want to say changed a life, but maybe changed a, a circumstance and maybe will help somebody to get the help that they need because we all need help man. like some more severe than others, but we all, we all have our stuff. We all have issues. We all have problems that are are difficult to solve and we need some help to do it. And there's nothing wrong with reaching out to people um, to do that. Especially when you're not having any fun like this episode. Well, well I'm having fun on this episode. Oh, I don't think that came out right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yes. Full circle. Yes. Yeah. Totally, totally agree, man. I totally agree. There's no shame. There's no shame. Reach out. And this is why I'm so big on mentorship. And I know you are too. Oh, yeah. Like this is one of the most this, important things in the world. Dude, my struggles the first two years I had in juniors were the, the driving factor to where, why my company is where it is now. I didn't know that is what I was, what was happening or what was going to happen back then in 2004, you know, when I would come home and put so much time and energy and effort into the younger kids in St. Louis and making sure that I'd skate with them and run a couple practices uh, a month for the AAA coaches here when I was still only playing juniors. Cause I just wanted to teach them the things that I was learning. And so that they wouldn't have to make the same mistakes or go through those growing pains that I did. Like, I was just like, I don't want you guys to have to go through the shit I went through these last two years. You know, I think mentorship is so, so, so important. And I look up to like, you know, a guy who, who we had on the podcast. I think it was like one of the first five episodes, maybe Cam Jansen. Yeah. He, he was 10 or 15. Yeah, dude, yeah. he was a huge man. We should have him on me. again. We can have, we him should, on we should, yeah. we should. I, I talked to him today. Yeah, we should. Cause his podcast is slaying. Uh, the Cam and Strick show. It's massive now. It's yeah. huge. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I looked up to him big time, man. And, and he, he would always like help all the guys within a couple years below his age and, and really just like, you know, giving us that shot in the arm we needed or the kick in the ass we needed to tell us like nothing's ever that bad and you can work through things and, and all this stuff. So like mentorship is really important. Like reach out to mentors, create mentors. If you, if you have been through some stuff and you think you can help people give back to the game, yes, get back into hundred percent, even if it's just in the summer and you go out once every two weeks, that's still better than nothing. You're still going to reach some kids. You're still going to help. So be a mentor or find a mentor. Uh, I think it's very, very important in the game, especially when we're talking about like these, these downtimes. You bet, man. You bet. All right. You got anything else? Um, I just wanted to say that, uh, hot guys do hot guy things. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's my next shirt. Hot guys doing hot guy things. I want it on the back of like a workout shirt for all the guys in my gym. So I would ridiculous. love to see like, yeah, the, Artwork. I think that message will get taken the wrong shirt. way. Yeah, oh but I think it's hilarious. Hot guys do hot guys things. <laughs> GMBM, baby. It's so stupid. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, this was a fun one. Huh? Yeah, yeah hope, this hopefully one. hopefully this one helps, helps some people, you know. Yeah, I've been there. For sure. And reach out to us, too. Like, reach out to us if you're going through some shit, you know. Um, and people do like be surprised how many people reach out to us through email or through, um, social media and stuff. They have issues and it's not just players. A lot of times for me, it's parents <laughs> that yeah. are, oh, yeah. you know, because that, that honestly, like 
if we're getting real, I mean, I can't imagine being a parent watching your kid go through something like that. That can't be fun. Talk about not having fun. Like that's because I mean, it's the thing you love most in the world. And, and when they're struggling, that's, that's gotta be tough, you know? And, and I've had parents, I've had a lot of parents actually in, in the four or five, whatever years that I've had the hockey think tank that have reached out being like, Hey, a lot of times it's because of a coach, you know? Um, but I, they're just like, I don't know what to do. I, my, my kid is just not enjoying it. They're silent on the way to the rink. Um, they're silent on the way home. Sometimes even to the extent of that mom, that I don't want to go to practice, you know? And, and so a lot of times it's a, not, not only the kid, but the parent that watches the kid going through the tough stuff that that's not easy. Right. So, uh, reach out to Vex and I, we're, we're here to help. We're here to give perspective. We're here to give our perspective, um, and anything we can do to help you guys have some more fun because again, we play hockey. We don't work hockey. Um, you know, we're, we're here for you. Don't be afraid to reach out. Blue check mark missing tooth. Okay. Daddy wasn't there. Daddy wasn't there. Peace. Peace. See you everybody. We love you. Bye.